Hey everybody, this is Hunter Howard. I'm the lead pastor of Encounter Church. Here at Encounter Church, our vision is helping people encounter God. And that's what I pray and hope for you today, that you will encounter God through this message. Enjoy. We got any solid disciples in the house this morning? The year 2020, we've been learning about biblical foundations for strong disciples and our theme for this year all year long is solid and we've been learning that practicing practicing God's word makes me strong and last Sunday we were out in the um, hot sun under the tent Uh, we had a really special testimony service and we actually concluded our series plugged in And the last several weeks, we were learning about pray, worship, and wait. Pray, worship, and wait. That's the way we stay plugged into the presence and power of God. And mixed in there was a really powerful, fiery message from Pastor Antoine Ashley. Who was here for that? Man, if you weren't here, go back and listen to that podcast or watch the Facebook Live because it was powerful. And so we finished, plugged in, and a few Sundays, from, we're going to actually wait a few Sundays to start our next series, okay? Because I have a freebie Sunday today, and it's going to be, it's going to be a special one, all right? And then next Sunday, we have Pastor David uh, Perez, or Perez, okay, from Miami. It's going to be amazing. Don't miss next Sunday. But today, I, I have a, for, for the first time in a while, I get to just preach something that's coming from my heart prophetically. And in fact, for about two months, I've had this message on my heart. And I was just waiting for the right Sunday to share it. So today is the day. Tell somebody, today is the day. Just before I jump into it, I want to ask you a question. And I want you to really think about it. I want you to think about an example of this. Have you ever gotten so busy Tending to the details of a task that you actually lost focus of the actual task itself, yes? I was thinking about, uh, this actually happened, uh, throwing a few burgers on the grill, okay? And then going inside and getting really focused on getting the lettuce and slicing the tomatoes and the cheese and the onions and the jalapenos and whatever you want to put on your burger, right? And then, you, you, you know, spending just time getting everything ready, all the fixings ready for the burgers. that forgot about the burgers. And then at the end, we had all the details ready, but the burgers had unfortunately burnt to a crisp. And I know some of you like your burgers well done, but not that well done. (laughs) Have you ever gotten so busy working on the details of something that you actually forgot about the something? Yes? I mean, it can happen in, at work, right? You can get so busy on the details of, of emails or whatever, and then you actually forgot about, like, what you were supposed to be accomplishing in your job. Hello? It can happen in marriage, It can happen in family. It can happen in parenting, right? Get so busy in the details of life that we forget about sometimes the most important things that we're supposed to be accomplishing in life, right? It can happen at church. It can happen in ministry. And today, we've got 
to be very careful that sometimes we get so busy doing things that we forget to do the main thing. So turn to somebody and tell them. The main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. I know you've probably had and heard and said that before, but turn to somebody else and say, the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. Today, we're going to do something very special at the end of my message, which is we are going to commission our 20 small groups that are opening. We're going to commission our small groups, our small group leaders, and we're going to present them to you guys and invite all of you to connect and support a small group. But, okay, we're commissioning small groups and small group leaders to go and make disciples because that's what Jesus called us to do. Yes? The whole summer we've learned an awful lot about discipleship, right? We learned about diatribo or diatribo, right? And rubbing up against each other, right? Oh, see, I see some of you remember that, right? Rubbing Jesus off on one another. We learned about koinonia, right? Sharing God's life. Hey, I see the hand motions paid off for some, all right. Sharing God's life together. We learned about our mission is clear. It's not ambiguous. We don't even have to think about it. Jesus made the mission so clear. Go and make disciples, okay? But let's make sure we keep on focusing on the main thing. Because disciples can only be made of souls that have been saved. The title of today's message is Souls. The main thing is and always will be souls, okay? And of course, I tried to make it rhyme so that we could remember it, right? Come on, let's read it together. Disciples can only be made of souls that have been saved. Come on, say souls. You know, I find it very interesting whenever, um, actually, every single jet that takes off, okay? Every single jet in flight, when they record how many people were on the plane, they actually refer to it as, on this Boeing 777, there are registered on this flight 423 souls, okay? Even they get it. <laughs> because people are more than just this body. People are more than just space occupiers on the planet. People are more than just a personality. People are more than just what they do and don't do. People have a soul. Come on, turn to somebody and say, you have a soul. <laughs> As we go into this next season of small groups and outreaches and our anniversary, our six-year church anniversary coming up and, 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 and expanding this building to be able to, listen, reach more souls. The main thing will always be souls. 
You might be sitting there today saying, I'm not sure my soul is saved. I believe before you leave today, your soul will be saved. And I believe I'm looking at a room full of soul winners. Come on, tell somebody. The main thing is souls. Let's go to Mark 2 as we think about this. Disciples can only be made of souls that have been saved. Mark chapter 2. We're going to read together verses 1 through 12. Follow along on the screen um, or in your own Bible or in the Bible app digital outline. There it will be for you. When Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. Okay, pause right there. A little bit of Bible history. Where was Jesus born? Bethlehem. Yes. Where was he for a couple of years as a refugee with his mom and dad because they were trying to kill him? Egypt. Egypt. Then they moved from Bethlehem to Egypt, and then they moved to this town where Jesus was raised. Jesus of Nazareth. Where did he live? Where did Jesus actually live as an adult? Capernaum. Capernaum, okay? Well, that may have been the region, but the town itself was called Capernaum, okay? Jesus lived as an adult, okay, even though he was all over the place all the time, especially Galilee, <laughs> right? But he actually lived in Capernaum. So it says, in fact, if you read Mark chapter 1, he had been doing, he had been casting out demons and healing the sick and preaching the kingdom all over Galilee. <laughs> all right. Hey. But now he was back home in Capernaum, and guess what? The news spread fast that Jesus was back home, Okay. Soon, the house where, they, where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room even outside the door, okay? The whole house was packed, like some of your small groups are going to be, but even the patio was packed. There was no more room for anybody to get near Jesus. And while he was preaching the word to them, God's word to them, four men arrived Carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. This reminds me of somebody else. Who else do we know about that really, really wanted to see Jesus, but the crowd was in the way? Zacchaeus, right? Did you know that there are many people that would really like to see Jesus, but the crowd is in the way? There's stuff in the way not letting them see Jesus? And this was the case. This man could not walk. He had to basically live on a mat. And his friends had to carry him around everywhere. And so Jesus was preaching God's word in this house. And it says four men arrived carrying the man, all right, on a mat. Because you know if it would have just been three, bloop. Just two, bloop. Definitely not just one. And he couldn't carry his mat on his own because he couldn't walk. It took four friends to get the job done. Oh, I just said something, y'all. It took four friends to get this man to Jesus. Okay? And it says they couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd. So they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Now, pause and I, want you to, I don't want you to just hear this. I want you to see this in your mind's eye today. 
First of all, they had to get up on the roof with this man on the mat. I mean, we just read. They couldn't get to him, so they dug a hole through the well. They got to get up on the roof. They had to get, these four men had to get their friend up on the roof, okay? And, and, and back in, in, in that time, roo, uh, the roofs were made of kind of like tiles, okay? So they literally had to get up there, and then they had to remove some of the tiles to create a big enough space for the man to be what we're going to read about next. They dug a hole through the roof above his head, and then they lowered the mat they lowered the man on his mat. I would have loved to have seen this. This must have been a feat because how in the world did this man lying on the mat, how did they just, lo- like, a, like a spider on a web, they just lowered him right down in front of Jesus, right? They lowered him on a mat right down in front of Jesus and seeing their faith. Wow. Faith is more than just believing in something. Faith is audacious action. Jesus saw their faith when he saw what they did. Okay? Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, My child, your sins are forgiven. Everybody make the face you think that the paralyzed man and his friends made when Jesus responded with that. Jesus, don't you know what we actually came here for? (laughs) Hello? (laughs) He can't walk. We just lowered him down right in front of you. And you say, my child, he spoke who he really was, his identity, his true identity. And then he said, your sins are forgiven. We'll come back to that in just a minute. But some of the teachers of religious law who were sitting there thought to themselves, what is he saying? This is blasphemy. Oh, I don't know if they talked like that, but I think they thought like that. The Pharisees, I'm pretty sure they thought, only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew immediately what they were thinking. I love how they didn't have to even say anything. Jesus knew what they were saying inside of their heads, right? Jesus knew immediately what they were thinking. So he asked them, why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier for me to say to a paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or stand up, pick up your mat, and walk? So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up, pick up your mat, and go home, right? It's not that I can't do it. It's that there was something more important first. And the man jumped up, grabbed his mat, and walked out through the stunned onlookers. They were all amazed and praised God, exclaiming, we've never seen anything like this before. Wow. What amazing friends this man had. What amazing four friends this paralyzed man had. They were committed to getting him to Jesus no matter how many obstacles were in their way. I could stop right there. There is no better friend than someone who will do whatever it takes to get their friend to Jesus. 
No matter what they have, what, what hurdles they have to jump over, no matter how many other people are in their way, no matter how many lies are in the way, no matter what the enemy tries to put in the way, no matter the fight they have to fight, even if they have to go up on top of a roof and dig a hole in and lower him down. This man had great friends because they understood that they had to get their friend to Jesus. The main thing, you guys, is souls. Come on, say souls. Now, to understand it today, I'm going to give you the word souls. S-O-U-L-S. Souls. So that we can grab a hold of this reality. Are you ready? Are you sure you're ready? S. Slow down. Slow down. Notice people. When you read the Gospels, you will never find Jesus frantically rushing from one place to the next. In fact, a more accurate description of Jesus would be that he walked slowly through the crowds. Come on, tell your neighbor, slow down. I think of the story of the, 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 that Jesus told about, you guys remember the man who was traveling from one city to another and he was attacked and mugged and beat up and left to die on the side of the road and then it said it said a priest went by him and he just kind of went on around I guess he was frantically trying to get to the prayer meeting or something I don't know and then it says a Levite which was a church worker a temple worker says he saw him and he just kind of went off on in another direction I don't know what the maybe he forgot to light the candles or something I don't know he had to go do something in the temple but it says that the Samaritan came along and obviously, he was going somewhere, but he intentionally slowed down, noticed the man, and helped him. If it's not intentional in this day and age, it isn't going to happen. <laughs> Listen, I know we're all busy, but that's not an excuse. I, you know what the number one excuse for anything and everything, why we're not serving the Lord and why we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing and why, 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 one excuse, there's one excuse. I'm just so busy. You know what? You're right. You are, I am, the person on your right, the person on your left. Everybody is busy so it's just the way that this culture and the society goes right now, okay? We're all busy. Busyness is the rule of the day, right? People are even like, brag about, I'm just so busy. It's like, right, and your burgers are burning. I mean, it's true. We get so busy doing this and doing that and doing the other, and then all of a sudden, 10 years later, we turn around and we went, wow, I just kind of missed the main thing. As a parent, as a husband, as an employee or an employer, as a disciple of Jesus Christ. Come on, say, slow down. See, I see that Jesus 
took the time to stop what he was doing and then to tend to this man and his friends. He was in a house that was packed and the patio was packed and it says he was preaching the word of God to them. But he took the time to just pause what he was doing because keep reading, he keeps on doing this for a couple of years, right? But he took the time to stop and notice this paralyzed man and his friends and he noticed their faith. We've got to Make the effort as much as possible to simply slow down and notice people, souls. When in the end, the main thing will always be souls, people, not my career. Come on, careers are important, but they're not more important than souls. Money, possessions, self-growth. I'm for all of that. Grow yourself, make money, have possessions, and have a great career. I'm just so busy being a mom. I know, (laughs) I know. I'm so busy trying to provide for my family. I know, for sure, no. It's not going to just happen automatically. If we're going to slow down, it's going to have to be intentional. Okay? Intentionally slow down and notice people. Souls, S, slow down. O, open your heart. Open your heart. Listen, it's easy if we'll slow down. It's easy to notice people, but that's not enough. Just noticing people won't get the job done, right? Jesus didn't just notice people. He opened his heart up to them. Listen, Jesus didn't just notice the sick. He healed the sick. Jesus didn't just notice The hungry, he fed the hungry. Jesus didn't just notice the kids. He blessed the kids. Jesus didn't just notice the crowds following him around everywhere. No, he took the time, opened his heart, and he taught the eager crowds with his beautiful parables. We can't just slow down and notice people. We have to actually open up our hearts to people. It's one thing to notice people. It's another thing to have an open heart to those people. I'm so glad somebody didn't just notice me but open their heart to me. So many times we see this phrase. When Jesus notices a crowd or notices a sick person or notice it it says so many times it says Jesus was moved with compassion that's an open heart see sometimes we notice people but we do the opposite we close our hearts we notice people and we judge them we might slow down enough to notice 
the poor person on the side of the road. We might slow down enough to notice someone who's sick. We might slow down enough to notice somebody who's depressed. We might slow down enough to notice that our friend is dying and going to hell without Jesus. But it's one thing to notice them. It's another thing to actually open our heart up to those precious souls. Come on, S, slow down. O, open your heart. U, and this is the most important one of all. We've got to get this one more than we get any of the rest of them. Because if we can get this one, I think S-O-L-S will happen if we can get you. You is understand eternity. Understand eternity. Jesus obviously understood something that neither this man's friends nor the Pharisees could understand. He understood something. Jesus knows that our greatest need is eternal salvation. Come on, brace yourself with this one because this one is going to hit you. It hit me. People can be healed and still go to hell. People can be healed and still go to hell. There are many occasions in the Gospels where we see Jesus healing people and we don't know if they ever followed him or not. We've got to understand eternity. People, please, let's understand this. People were not made for hell. Hell was not made for people. But the consequence of unforgiven sin is eternal separation from God. What we call hell, right? God never created people for hell. Even though there's false teaching that says God created some to go to heaven and some to go to hell. False blasphemy heresy, okay? That's not in the word of God. God did not create human souls to go to hell. And he didn't even create hell for people. The Bible says that hell was created for the, devil's, the devil and his angels, okay? That was never God's original plan. But... It's very clear. If anybody talked about hell, it was Jesus. There's also another false doctrine, heresy, blasphemy that go, that's going around in a lot of churches. Oh, we don't really talk about hell as an actual thing or a real Let me tell you this. If the devil can convince you that hell's not real, you're probably going there. If the devil can convince you that hell's not real, you ain't going to win a soul. People weren't made for hell and hell wasn't made for people. But people sure do go to hell every single day because the consequence of our rebellion before a holy God is eternal separation from him if we're not forgiven. Maybe you need to be forgiven today. Maybe you're on the way to hell. You don't have to be. You weren't made to go to hell. Hell wasn't made for you. You can be forgiven right there, right now where you're sitting. But you must be forgiven. And Jesus understood this. Before he just healed him, like it's obvious, Jesus knew that the man was paralyzed and wanted to be healed. Hello? I mean, hello? You didn't even have to be Jesus. Or a rocket scientist. 
or even an adult to know that if four friends are carrying their paralyzed friend and they dig a hole in the roof and they lower him down in front of Jesus, what thereafter is healing. Hello. But Jesus understood that there was a greater need. First. First. Jesus knew that he could heal this man and he could still go to hell. Do we know that? Yes, we heal the sick. We heal the sick. Tell somebody, we heal the sick. Yes, we cast out demons. Yes, we feed and help the poor and the hungry. Yes, but we understand that there's a greater need than their healing. There is a greater need even than their freedom. There is a greater need even than filling their bellies or helping giving them clothes or shelter. Those are simply ways to help us save their soul. The greatest need of every human, the greatest need of every soul is eternal salvation that has to come through the forgiveness of sins. We've got to understand the most important element of the gospel is the forgiveness of sins for eternal life. We've got to understand eternity. Look at Revelation chapter 20, verses 11 through 15. And I saw a great white throne, the one sitting on it. The earth and sky fled from his presence, but they found no place to hide. I saw the dead, both great and small. It don't matter who you were or what you did, okay? It doesn't matter your credentials. Both great and small, both important and unimportant, equally important to God. Okay, I saw the dead, both great and small, standing before God's throne. And the books were opened. And heaven's bookkeeper, don't make no mistakes. Including the book. <laughs> the book of life. And the dead were judged. I said the dead were judged. The Bible said the dead were judged. Not all just happily welcomed by the big grandpa sitting on the throne upstairs. Happy. Doesn't matter what you did. Doesn't matter how much you hated me and rejected me and disobeyed me. No. It says the dead were judged according to what they had done. As recorded in the books. The sea gave up its dead, and death in the grave gave up their dead, and all were judged according to their deeds. Deeds. Not thoughts, not words, not appearances. They were judged according to their deeds. Then death and the grave were thrown into the lake of fire. This lake is the fire is the second death. And anyone whose name was not found recorded in the book of life, was thrown into the lake of fire. Come on, say souls. We've got to understand eternity. Every person in this room, the people that live in your house, your neighbors, your coworkers, your friends, those people that think they're living a good life, but they're without God. Those th people that know they're living a bad life without God. Those people that hate God. God loves 
every single one of them as much as he loves you. And Jesus gave his life equally for them as he gave it for you and for me. Their, the, the, the eternity, their soul's eternity is at stake. And we, if anybody, have to understand eternity. S, slow down. O, open your heart. U, understand eternity. L, listen. Listen. Listen to people and listen to the Holy Spirit. Come on, let me say that again. Listen to people and listen to the Holy Spirit. Jesus stopped and listened. Jesus stopped and noticed and listened and took time, right, to the paralytic and his friends. I find it very interesting Do you not think Jesus didn't know that these guys were out there and they couldn't get in through the crowd? I mean, we see Jesus do things like this in other, other occasions, right? Like, he could do whatever he want. One time it says they were trying to kill him and he just like slipped through the crowd and disappeared somehow, right? Okay? Do you think Jesus didn't know what to do? Like, he, do you think he didn't know they were out there with this paralyzed man waiting to be healed? Of course he knew. Of course he knew. But he took the time instead of just acting first, right? Like we often do, right? He took the time. He saw their faith. He made a place for them. They kind of took the place. But he let them. He also could have went boom and shot him up into the universe or something, right? He, he let him. Sometimes we don't listen to people. Sometimes we just come right away with the answer, right? Obviously, Jesus had the answer to heal him. Jesus knew that in three, in, in three minutes, the dude was going to be walking. He knew it, right? He knew it. But I find it interesting. He didn't just, just act, right? He waited on him. He noticed him. He, quote, unquote, listened, right? Like he listened to them basically expressing their need, okay? So I don't know what they said exactly. It's not recorded. You read other versions of this, okay? I don't know exactly what they said. All I know is Jesus just took a second and waited to act, okay? And sometimes that's what we need to do. Sometimes we just need to listen to people's story and listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, as he just noticed and listened, he was also listening to the Father, Therefore, Jesus knew exactly what to say and exactly what to do. Jesus knew the Father said, first forgive him, then heal him. Come on, somebody. Jesus knew exactly what to say, how to say it, in what order. Some of us are terrified. How in the world am I going to share the gospel? Listen to people and listen to the Holy Spirit. And you will know exactly what to say, when to say, how to say it. Jesus actually said, when you're gonna, some of you are even going to go before rulers. Don't worry about what you're going to say. In the moment, it'll be given to you by the Holy Spirit. But we got to be listening. 
We got to be listening. We got to take the time to listen to people. And at the same time, listen to, to, to the Father. Okay, Father, Holy Spirit, what are you saying about what I'm hearing? And then, boom, do the final word S. Speak. Speak. S. Souls, slow down. O. Open your heart. L. Listen. Uh, U. Understand eternity. L. Listen. S. Speak. We got to also get this today. People can see the power of God and the power of the gospel through your life, but people can only be saved when they hear the gospel. Period. There's no such thing as I got somebody saved just because I set a good example. Your good example can't save people. Your good example can create a platform to you to st stand on and speak the gospel. People can only be saved when they hear the gospel. Okay? 1 Corinthians 1.21, since God in his wisdom saw to it that the world would never know him through human wisdom, he has used our foolish preaching to save those who believe. Our what? Foolish preaching. I don't know about you, but I've definitely felt like a fool preaching sometimes. When I was a missionary, I used to go into the middle of the, the, the main downtown park. And back in the day, I could still do it, but I would almost kill myself. I used to go when I was more limber, and I would just, I used to be a gymnast. Okay, so I'd just do backflips all over the park. I would just like run and I would just do backflips. And all of a sudden you got all these, especially all these young people, they would crowd around me. I would stop tumbling. <laughs> That's the actual word for it in gymnastics. Okay. I would stop my tumbling routine and I would preach the gospel to him. It's true. She saw me do it. She got saved by my back. I'm just playing. No. <laughs> She was already saved when I met her. Okay. But you could have been. <laughs> you know what I felt like when I was turning backflips in the middle of a plaza in downtown city in Mexico, and then I stopped my tumbling, and I, was pre I felt like a fool. Okay? But let me tell you something. People got saved. And he might be watching. Okay? The man who is the pastor of the church today, where I was a missionary, got saved by me being a fool. Mm-hmm. He's the pastor now. He got saved because I was a crazy, gospel-sharing gringo. Lo buenos que me amas. Okay. She said gringo's not a bad thing. Okay, well, depends on who you ask. <laughs> gringo! No, okay. Got that sometimes too. Um, look at what Romans 10, 13 through 15 says. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But, but, I mean everyone. Everyone who truly calls on Jesus will be saved. Not everyone who just says his name. Everyone who truly calls on him as the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? How can they believe in him if they've never what? Heard about him. 
And how can they hear about him if someone, unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That's why we're going to commission small groups and all of you today as soul winners and disciple makers. This is what the scriptures say. How beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring the good news. Listen, I'm about to end this. I'm about to do something special, but listen. Build a platform. Y'all with me? Build a platform. Say, build a platform. Through your life example, your testimony, your love, your service. By the way you relate to people, by the way you talk to people, by the way you live your life, a life of integrity, by the way you treat others. Build a platform with that. And then stand on that platform and speak out. Preach the good news. Now listen, you don't have to be a preacher to share the good news. Because some people automatically are like, I'm just, I don't don't really talk. (laughs) First of all, everybody talks at least a little bit, okay? Uh, At least a little bit. We we have to talk to like interact as humans, hello, all right? But you, you don't have to be a preacher. You don't have to be a gifted speaker to share the good news with somebody. You just have to show them with your life that it's real and then just tell them what your hope is, right? Just tell them. Speak up and speak out because this is reality. Souls are depending on you. Souls are depending on me. Come on, everybody say, slow down. down. Open your heart. heart. Understand eternity. eternity. Listen. Listen. Speak. Speak. Souls. Souls are the main thing. Souls will always be the main thing. Souls are the reason for the existence of the church on earth. Hello? Hello? Your kingdom come, your will be done in the earth as it is in heaven. Uh, where does the kingdom come? Souls. Okay, it doesn't come into this carpet. It doesn't come into a building. The kingdom of God is not here or there or this government or that nation or this building or that cathedral or this ministry or that movement. No, the kingdom of God is in the heart, is in the soul of humans. Okay? Come on, say Souls. I want to say this, we're officially, I am so excited about this, and I think everybody's going to be excited about this. Huh? I'm not doing a flip, no, okay. (laughs) Maybe later after I stretch for three hours, okay? I'll do it at the six-year anniversary if you bring a lot of souls. I'll do it. Okay? I'll do it in the middle of Swift Cantrell Park if you bring souls. Okay? All right? If my, I will, I will be, I'm about to turn 40, so help, help me Jesus. All right? I will do a week of stretching to prepare to make room for the souls. All right? Small group leaders, listen, I am so, I can't believe except we prayed and believed it. 
that we're opening 20 small groups. It's a dream come true, and I know that 20 is going to become 40, and 40 will have become 400 someday. I am so proud of this church. I am so proud of this family. So many of you are grabbing hold of the heart of God to win souls, to make disciples. But I just want to say this. Before we get out there and we launch our groups, even though one or two of you already launched it this week. Come on, somebody. Before we get out there and really get going with these groups, okay, let's keep the main thing the main thing. Souls and disciples. And remember, before you can make a disciple, they got to be saved. We gotta win souls so we can make disciples. That's our mission. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I really believe God spoke to you through his word today and is moving in your life. If you'd like more information about Encounter Church or you'd like to give your tithes and offerings, you can visit our website at EncounterChurchAtlanta.org. I'd also like to invite you to share this message on social media. Thanks again.